Hello, and welcome back to She is the Ancient, a gender-bent curse of Strahd here on Gilding Light. So after the Irina's mother's funeral, we went to investigate some noises that were in the church, uh, where we discovered a trap door. And I think EJ ate the lock. Is that right? Did he? Did they eat the lock? Uh, yes, the uh, padlock and chain has been consumed like spaghetti and meatballs. Okay, then yeah. Uh, and then, oh, and Roxy was turned into a rat because of fun magic. Uh, and down the trap door, Todd fell down some stairs a couple of times. And we had an encounter with a vampire spawn. Uh, and in the heat of battle, Todd also got hit with an axe. Uh, after killing it, I believe it was Boombox, elbow slammed it to death. Ah, yes, baby um, Boombox, that is correct. Many, many pieces. After that, we decided to head to Velaki after doing some shopping. Um, yeah, and then the shopkeeper was trying to overprice everything, so we made her life difficult and then stole a bunch of stuff to make up for the... Uh, the price difference and then in search of horses we found two people who were not willing to give us their horses so roxy charmed them gave them some money and we took off in a hurry after uh the good doctor found out someone was dying went ahead and ended their suffering and then consumed them <laughs> that uh, matches my notes pretty well <laughs> yeah Fenway's like wait what <laughs> Yeah, recapping, it's like, I, am I remembering this right? Yeah, yeah, that happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. yes, um, <laughs> before we jump back in, a quick word of caution. This is a gothic horror campaign. Uh, much of the content may be disturbing. Uh, for example, our resident goblin killing and eating people. Uh, for a complete list of thematic warnings, as well as to view the general list of lines and veils, please visit sheistheancient.com and know that we do have a system in place if our, or if our players feel uncomfortable at any point. Um, we've got one wild magic surge and a disadvantage from last week for Roxy that I am going to make sure to use today. And I'm going to be using uh, our own custom wild magic table designed to be perfect chaos uh, every single time. So that is what we're going to do. And we're going to jump in now. You have rented some horses. Yep. And I believe Irina and Eastmark are on a horse. And who are who's on the other horse? I think Todd and Roxy. Mm -hmm. Todd and Roxy, Fenway, or not Fenway, Sarzaneth, sorry. Um, Sarzaneth and DJ, are it's you probably just flying? Flying, We're flying. yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so you find yourself leaving this village, Barovia, as you move your way up the road and away from the village. Who would like to roll a d12 for me? Well, Todd it. would love to. 
<laughs> a very nervous D12. <laughs> Anyone? Should I assign? I'll like. Uh, it's going. One, it's too late. It's going. Six. Okay. <laughs> Seven. Wait, did I just get two numbers? <laughs> yeah, I said I would do it. I rolled a six. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Roxy got to it first. Of seven. Uh, okay, actually, those are both the same. So. Oh, six equals seven. Okay, I've got to update my math notes. Amazing <laughs> 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 <I mean>, table. <laughs> okay, so as you travel along for the next hour, things are quiet and uneventful. You. Take this moment to breathe in the fresh air. Realize the land around you truly is beautiful and serene. Uh, but then the mist kind of reminds you that you're a prisoner. And maybe it's not so beautiful and serene. Um, is there anything like your characters would be working on or like discussing during this like actual quiet time of travel? Do you think? Are we going to have any long breaks? Or are we just... Mm, this is an hour of uninterrupted travel. As in, nothing at this moment is going to try to eat you. Uh, um, Roxy would make sure that their disguise cap is in their bag so it doesn't blow away. Uh, DJ would be sewing using the faux fur as uh, directed to make this cape. I, mean, no, I think it was a cloak. Yeah, for Todd, out of the red yes. fur. So as being carried by stars and that, the, the arms are like out, almost like tendrils, as they're extended almost like several feet longer than their actual limbs. So you can see the threads that attach them and delicate weaving in the midst of the air with these extended hands. Using the Very weaver's nice. kit that I um, consumed earlier. <laughs> yep, that's all right. Anybody else? Anything in particular? This is an opportunity. I'll just ask Todd, do, do we even know where we're going? Which direction? Uh, uh, the way the road goes? That way? We're just going to follow Irina. She got us into this. I've got it. Don't worry. I know where we're going. She's kind of like, okay, I don't think she's got this. I don't I'm think she knows where she's going. I know exactly where I'm going. Full, full confidence. And I whispered, Todd, no, she doesn't have this. <laughs> you, uh, you see her slow her horse and, uh, you know, come meet the horse next, like to your horse, just kind of riding alongside you. And she turns and she says, I have told you before, I got this. I know where we are going. We are going to follow this road. We are going north-ish. I mean, there could be, you know, like a direction that we need to go one way or the other, but, um, and then you just, you just from under the cloak, little, little east mark behind her on the horse just kind of pulls back and he goes, I think that we should visit the, uh, there's a camp on the way. She goes, what are you talking about? You've never left home. And he just looks at you guys and smiles. The camp. And then he, he pulls out this book that he's been like kind of fumbling with and he just, he holds it close to him. And you can see that it is 
falling apart, like the pages are falling out of this book, and he just holds it close. And can we tell what it is? Yeah, can okay. we? Yeah. History check, maybe. Maybe you can. Is Roxy doing a history check? Yeah. I mean, you could both. Oh, cool. like, watch it. <laughs> oh, Eleven. Okay. Eleven? Okay. Oh, do am I using my disadvantage for this? Nah. Save that for a more opportune moment for me. For um, actually, how long would it take to to weave this cloak? Would I be able to get it done in an hour? How good are you at weaving? Um, I'm good at any tool that I have in hand. Then yeah, I'd say you could get a cloak done in an hour. I mean, okay, you're I'll not go. even having to, you're just kind of like floating in the air. No distraction, cloak, perfect. Right? <laughs> I'm going to also do a history because I'm curious about this book. I'm trying to determine if it's a, if it's a good flavor or not. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is a dirty 20. A dirty 20. So, okay. So, Roxy, with an 11, you're aware that this is some sort of spell book. Uh, you know this because you have two on your person from the Death House. Yeah. Uh, this one is absolutely... Uh, crumbling to dust at this point, though. It is either very old or has just never been taken care of and has been it has it looks like it's been ripped apart by toddlers essentially uh dj what you notice up in the air sewing up this is what i'm imagining <laughs> uh you can tell that it is made out of goblin skin just right away, you can see the leather of this, and you're like, oh, I recognize that. How close am I to uh, this child? Sarzaneth, how close are you to this child? As close as he would like to be. Are they so as I'm, to be? Sorry. my sewing starts to slow down as I'm weaving, and I just start nudging like to the, towards the <laughs> child slightly. <laughs> As we get closer, I will get closer. ever so suddenly going closer. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, as I, I pause, and I'm going to take out one of these other claws I have. I'm just going to slap it onto my right shoulder as it jabs into and sews on. As I continue weaving, this spare hand is going to try and snatch the book. <laughs> Give me... Oh, man, I wish I could give this disadvantage to you. Uh, <laughs> give me a slate of hand check. Just a regular one, I guess. <laughs> uh, Ooh, okay. I'm actually not as great at the... Oh, that's not bad. That's I a 17. I perception, and his perception did not exceed a 17. So you tell me, though, how you nudge this book out of this kid's arms without him noticing. I didn't say I was going to do it without him noticing. Oh, snap. I, okay. Oh, you know, I'm just snatching the book. He's just <laughs> taking it. 
Oh yeah, I'm just snatching Good. it. There was, was no like, subtlety to dang this. It, there's no way that would make sense. Okay, so you reach over and you snatch the book. Eusmart goes, hey! Give it back! Oh, come on. And I'm gonna start gnawing on some of the goblin. He's eating my book! What, what, what's going, why, what? Why are you why eating are you my book? book? And um, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start trying to read this book. All right. Uh, you just open it up and look through it. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, positively. All right. Well, you find um, it's it's a spell book. You can see. Uh, let me let me pull up exactly what spells you can find in this. I have them listed. Uh, it's not. There's not very many. This small it's child mostly... is a spellcaster. This this small child has so far a uh, ray of frost, uh, like some just some cantrips kind of written out in here, uh, light ray of frost and and mage hand just kind of like scribbled in. Some of the spelling is wrong, and uh, it's it's very enthusiastic, very detailed though, and and ideas for how to use these and when would be the right time to use them and, and things like that. Uh. The doctor would like to inscribe notes on how to perform these spells correctly. Would start correcting the book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but by doing so, just ah, and like the tongue will come out and it's kind of forked as like seems to be like a quill. And you can see some like, seems to be like ink maybe and starts just scribbling in the, the pages, turning, using the tongue to write. <laughs> he just kind of goes, just what are you doing to my book? Is it back? I'll just, I'll just try to reassure him. Be like, don't, don't worry. This is oddly normal for them. They're, I don't know what they're writing, but they're not eating the book. Oh, well, fast, cold, mm, not proper. Well, fast, directional. Must have target. Must include drop force and velocity of temperature absolute zero. Merchant hmm. formulation proper form five fingers. Normal people have five. One, two, three, five fingers. Proper weight elevation. Mm, excellent. <laughs> Must use at least one feather bolt. Yes. Mm. And then we'll hand it back. <laughs> you see him. He grabs it and he holds it. And then he opens it up and he looks and and gets this, this look on his face and... Gives you, like, and if, the biggest smile. And if possible, I would have liked to have written in there, if I'm able to, um, inscribe Absorb Elements as a spell. I'll as allow it. As notes on how to learn it. Where's my pen? I'll write it down later. All right, I'm allowing it, because I'm the DM and I can. <laughs> so, uh... I'll look at him and say, are you... So you're learning to use some magic. Uh, yeah... Uh, apparently, I, I'm gonna be able to even better now. Like, it'll it'll work. It's gonna work, right? Right. Can you do this? And I'll summon my mage hand. <gasps> That's the bony, long fingernail. This this is Dante. Yours has a name. A of course. Uh, um. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna try too. I'm gonna try too, cause it's gonna 
it's gonna it's gonna work okay and um you can see him like you know in, invoking this this power he's clearly been been practicing and uh this little like this little mage hand kind of blips up next to what was your mage hand's name again dante dante the little mage hand blips up next to dante uh just looks like a like a child's hand and he says oh mine doesn't look as cool Oh, the usual mine matches my own hand, so yours is probably matching yours. That's not what your hand looks like. I'll show him the my actual hand, not disguised. What? Mm-hmm. Irina, they're so cool, and she just uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <In> older <laughs> sister fashion. And uh, he goes, I need to give mine a really cool name. It's got to be the coolest, though. I'll have to think about it. Yeah. Uh, okay. And he, you can tell he, he, he's just getting so excited that um, like the mage hand disappears and he, he doesn't even realize. And he just holds the book really close to him and looks up at DJ and says, thank you. Oh, and then. By the way, Sarsanath, how are you carrying DJ? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> By um, one leg, like, upside down. <laughs> I've been picturing like you've been flying like horizontally with me cradled, but I don't know like if you are just holding me like a leg while you're flying. <laughs> no, I would be holding you probably either cradled or like, you can't see my arms, but like my arms under your arms. Perfect. So, um, so my legs will be dangling as I'm doing the sewing. Uh, DJ's gonna realize there's a more effective way to do this, and I'm going. Over the next few moments, I will be casting a uh, ritual spell, and at some point while we're flying, uh, Sarsanath will feel a sudden weight as something is slightly pulling us down, and then DJ is going to climb to the on your back, and you're gonna feel the presence of another being as I have unseen servant helping me as I continue sewing this cloak on your back. So you'll see me as I'm sewing, and you'll see something holding okay. the other end up as I'm getting through the material. Just to make, you know, sewing easier. <laughs> Got nice. it. Cool. Casual, I need you to come to my house and make some cushion covers for my couch. <laughs> I got you. Just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will finish sewing this cloak with the help of my unseen servant in baby boombox. As we're just having this whole operation happen, because all combined we still weigh less than like forty pounds. I just want to know what anyone would think watching all of this coming down the road. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just I lean in and talk and be like, I think I think your friend's getting very tired. She doesn't seem to be able to keep up as well. Wait, who did you say that to? To Todd. Oh, okay. While <laughs> we're riding. Ah, she's fine. Sorry, are you doing good? Suck it up. We got a ways to go. <laughs> I'm doing fine. DJ added something else, but I don't really know what it is. <laughs> As More you... Bits. Oh, you what? Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> <bits>. <laughs> As you guys are moving along, you pass uh, some farmland um you can actually see people out working 
on the fields and the like. You pass a small graveyard. Um, seems to be a lot of unmarked graves, uh, from what you can tell from where you are on the road. Uh, you pass another little field where there's this, this gorgeous, deep chestnut colored, um, horse that is just kind of grazing. And as you guys are moving through this area, you feel a little, little tremor in the ground, just this little shaking almost feels like, uh, like an earthquake beneath your feet. Although SARS and Ethan, yeah, you guys don't feel anything up there. Um, and this horse that I would say from where you are is several hundred feet out in this field. Uh, is suddenly as the, the, the ground shakes even harder for a moment, uh, something bursts through the ground, snatches up this horse in one gulp, and then pulls back down into the earth, and everything stills. And how far is that from us? Uh, several hundred feet. Like, this is... You, you feel safe enough in this moment watching this to just be like, huh. Good to know. Um, we should definitely not go that way. <laughs> I, I agree 100%. You I think that might be the way we're going. Oh, this was, this was just out in a field. The road continues ahead of you. You've got a bridge to cross over uh, what you, Todd, know as the, the Ilvis River. And as you cross it, you continue on your journey in a very uninterrupted, calm fashion. Everyone's, you know, playing with spellbooks, making cloaks, the like. Um, up to your right ahead, you see a swarm of ravens nestled in uh, the gnarled branches of a large dead tree. Uh, they're like, ah, ah. Uh, just, it looks like they're in deep conversation with each other, but in cause. And, um... You mosey on past them and eventually find yourself at something labeled clearly with a sign uh, known as the River Ilvis, uh, Iv Ivlis? Ilvis Crossroads. Uh, you see an old wooden gallows kind of creaking in a chill wind that blows down uh, from the high ground to the west. Uh, there are several frayed lengths of rope dancing on it, uh, kind of gently swaying in the breeze. You can see gravestones to the right. Um, that probably and, explain the ravens. Yeah. Uh, you also see a signpost. There is a the, the road here is really well-worn and it, it splits into two different directions. Uh, the sign points into three different directions. One of the, like the sign points one way labeled uh, Barovia Village. This is pointing in the direction you came from. Uh, there's one pointing to a place called Serpool Encampment to the right and Ravenloft slash Velaki to the left. 
What time of day does it kind of appear? I know that the sun isn't necessarily seen very well, but we've been out and about for a while. I actually calculated this today. It is late afternoon. Okay. It is pretty uh, hot. I'll pull up. I'll pull out the map. Does it have mile indicators to see about how far this intersection is to Velaki itself? Uh, it does say that it is a couple of miles away. Velaki is. Do we want to stop by the gallows for a picnic? Sar, do we want to stop by the gallows for a picnic? But we'll have to stop and rest at some That'd point. That'd be fun. I don't sleep. Gallows picnic. What's closer to the encampment? That's why uh, we have the, a picnic. Say a couple miles, a few miles. Sorry. Um. Uh, the encampment is definitely closer, and as you are kind of looking over this sign, Eastmark uh, kind of shows up right next to you. Like, you, he's not there, and then all of a sudden he's there, and he's holding his oh. <laughs> He's not on the Eddie, horse. He's just... This is why we don't do kids. Came out of nowhere. And Todd kind of kicks him away. <laughs> not the most gently, but not like flat out kicking, but some shoving away with their foot. Sorry. Um, but, but, look, and, and he, uh, he uses his mage hand, you see the mage hand pop into the air and, and kind of goes up and points to the Sarah Pool encampment, and he says, I had a dream about that place. What do you, what do you mean you had a dream about that place? Uh, I had a dream, uh, there were people there, and they were really nice, and they helped us figure out some, some important stuff. I think. Were, were we there? I didn't see anybody. I just saw, like, like, uh, fire. And I saw red. And it sounds really cool. It does kind of sound like Vlocky. fun. I don't know if we'll get to Vlocky before the sun goes down. Oh, that far yeah. away? Probably not. I mean, I don't know very much about traveling, but I've been reading a lot of books. Did you read any books about this camp? Nope. Mysterious, Sounds creepy. Sounds like a bad idea. Sounds like I'm a good, good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Most of our decisions have led that direction. <laughs> so. um, who is who is over by the some of you went over by the, the gallows right we were going to know. but then we yeah, decided to go probably. to the instead okay I think I think okay. so Eastmark well Eastmark turns around to go uh, get back on the horse with his sister it's just you know she's Out impressed of curiosity that does is there a, does anything smell like I don't know magic? Like magic? Uh, do you want to see? I <laughs> uh, I forgot. Do you have like that? Are you using a spell or is it, are you gonna like just start licking the ground? I I was gonna see if there's a smell that might smell like I should lick the ground. <laughs> 
sure. <laughs> so, um, um, is there like wood nearby? Wood or stone? Uh, so there's there's wood at the gallows. There's stone. Um, I mean headstones. Headstones. <laughs> uh, headstones don't have a lot of flavor. Sorry, come on, put me down, put me down, put me down. As soon as DJ starts growling, I'll put them down. I'm, I'm gonna run over to the gallows. <laughs> okay. Uh, I will get off the horse and quickly follow behind. And I'm in a full sprint. <laughs> Todd's gonna follow on the horse and and come up behind Roxy so close that the horse is stepping on their clothes and their feet. <laughs> Just use mage hand to kind of bat the horse away. As you all watch a DJ running towards these gallows, uh, you're very focused on them for a moment, and you hear a loud creaking noise coming from the gallows as DJ approaches, and as you look up at them um, where there was nothing before. Uh, there now hangs a lifeless gray body. The breeze turns the hanged figure slowly so that it can fix its dead eyes upon each of you uh, individually. Great. Great. You, uh, Roxy, you see yourself in your true form hanging there, dead. Todd, you see two figures hanging there. Yourself and you know who. Sarzaneth, you see yourself, your wings stripped from your back. DJ, when you finally look up, you see mottled strings intertwined with a noose. I'm assuming it's like a gallows, so it's got like the wood arc and it's kind of like hangman style, right? Yep. Uh, DJ would like to climb up the back of it to the top. And I would like to nibble on the top of this noose attachment to determine, based on the integrity of the wood and the tension, how long this thing has been hanging here. Okay. This has been this like what you see hanging there or how long the uh the gallows itself has specifically been how much tension how long i want to see if i can determine how long the tension of this this stuff that's been hanging on this noose has been here not the gallows altogether but like my understanding of how much tension might have been pulled how long this body or i guess this for me these intertwined threads has been here hmm. based on the integrity of the wood compared to the integrity of how long it should be good Interestingly, as you test this, um, you get this concept of not just no time, but would future be considered negative time? Reverse time. Ah, ah yes. Negative calorie food. You mean like a celery <laughs> stick. <laughs> yes, this... Uh... <laughs> Got it. It this costs more calories. Hanging from eating the gallows it. is a celery stick of time. Got it. I have actually burned more <laughs> calories eating it than I've gained from eating it. Got it. 
<laughs> Burn more calories oh, chewing yeah. than you did actually eating it. <laughs> ah, um, uh, mm, magic. Oh, uh, mm, uh, something. Uh, uh, uh. And he's just gonna drop down and start like shoveling a little bit of dirt in their mouth to get some actual flavor. Because empty calorie food is disgusting. <laughs> Todd's is... taking the horse back to the road. All right. Not just uh, gonna, not gonna say anything. Just gonna sit back by the sign. They're done. All right. DJ is consuming dirt. Todd heads to the road. Foxy is looking out for any sudden movement in the surrounding area. Okay. While DJ licks dirt. And as I lick dirt, I would like to use um, if I haven't come to the ritual cast, uh, detect magic. Sure. So within 30 feet of me, I can sense a faint aura of any visible creature or object in the area that bears magic, and I learn its school of magic, if any. Oh, boy. Stuff definitely every DM super duper <laughs> preps beforehand. <laughs> uh, you can tell that there is some, I guess, necromancy going on here. Um, can't, uh, probably some sort of conjuration. Con yeah, Conjuration, Necromancy. There's a little bit of mix of things going on here. Oh, it's a multi-food platter. Okay, all right. <laughs> it's a charcuterie board. <laughs> it's a charcuterie board of magic. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't eat before the game. There's going to be a lot of food references. <laughs> Todd's going to blast it with an Eldritch Blast. Oh. The image hanging from the thing. Fantastic. I think I jumped right. out already. <laughs> uh, wait. The oh, the wild magic surge for Roxy. Okay, fine. Uh, okay. <laughs> Twenty-four to hit. Twenty-four to hit. You blast these hanging uh things, these bits of people, and um. It disappears for you. What you see disappears, Todd. Uh, Roxy and Sarzaneth. For you, as soon as Todd hits with this Eldritch Blast, uh, the mouth on your deceased self begins to move quickly. Uh, garbling. Garbling quickly something over and over again that you can't quite make out. I'll scoot a little closer. Okay. Try to hear, hear what it's saying. Uh, Sarsnath is actually going to do the opposite and take about <laughs> two steps back and put her wings away. Um, if possible, DJ would like to do the middle ground and try and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to eat a... Okay. Sure. Uh, before that, Roxy, were you wanting to see if you can perceive what your body yeah. is saying to you? I'm, I will get 
close enough until I can hear it. By the way, this is not happening for Irina and Ismark, so they're watching all of you staring at the (laughs) (laughs) empty calves and absolutely freaking out. Do you want me to use my disadvantage? No, this is fun if you get it. Just an eight. Okay, well, you can make out... Just drift users. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate the compliment. Uh... <laughs> I actually bought it myself. Who knew? <laughs> I wonder if the subtitles pick that up. The audience can be like, hey, I know what it said. <laughs> Damn, I didn't think about that. Subtitles, come back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try <clears throat> try to grab the grab my hand. That's hanging. Okay. You is there is there anything actually there? You're getting or? you're getting that close. Oh yeah. Just wanna double check. It has it has completely piqued my curiosity. You reach up. You grab your hand, and there's nothing there, and the head turns directly towards you face to face and says she will destroy you for taking what is hers and then disappears into mist Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sure Uh, CJ and Sarzanath yours is still there but you can ignore it if you'd like Um, I would like to cast a first level nom (laughs) (laughs) Just as in you're going to just go start like, ah. Yeah, I'm going to first level nom. Okay. Uh, You approach and you do your thing, right? I'm guessing unhinge the jaw. Uh, There's nothing there. It disappears into mist as you do this. The mist feels like a thousand pinpricks on your tongue. And uh, my detect magic still up. So that still feels like that same necromancy conjuration. Yes, exactly. So once I have the mist, I am going to take one of the many vials. I'm going to and spit up, and I would like to have spit up a vial that contained the mist that I just consumed and seal (gasps) that. What? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Am I successful in bottling up some mist? Why not? Sure, that's amazing. (laughs) Do it, yes. So as I just, and you'll just see it's a vial that comes up and as it launches into my hand, I'm going to hit the stopper to seal whatever mist I got in there. And then halt and swallow the sealed vial. What a clever idea. Okay. If you never think you're never wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and um with that you you all are just left here. Uh, Irina and Eastmark kind of watching you all. Um, are you all going to be okay um, over there? No, we're all going to die and hang from the gallows, but it's okay. I got it. And then they're just going to start making their way back to the horses. Uh, was that a threat? Uh, was that the threat? Are we good? It was a, it was definitely a threat. 
But not from us. It was to us. Okay. Uh, By your reactions, I'm assuming that you have not seen what we just saw. Um... Did I see uh, the group that I have paid to help us get to Velaki start running around and um, and throwing their hands under a noose and uh, trying to... Uh... Oh, so no, you didn't. Got it. Cool. Great. You're going to spit I don't know, that sounds like something we would bottle. do. Uh, yeah, it I is okay. want to do an insight check. <clears throat> on uh, Eastmark to see if I notice anything abnormal or special about him. So okay. the, the question is, did he do this? <laughs> is that what you're or trying any, Are you trying to insight? Any, any features from a different, like, if he's human or something special or if he has any markings that are visible or... Or any magic coming from him since I have detect magic, cough, cough. <laughs> yeah, just, just any. I'm just trying to see if there's anything visibly special about him. Uh, visibly? He. Yeah. Well, give me an insight check. I'm not giving it to you that easy. <laughs> <laughs> Am I using disadvantage? No, I want to give it to you. <laughs> 17. 17. Okay. Uh, you can tell that. He looks nothing like Irina. Um, I mean, their facial features, their bone structures, their uh, hair color, eye color, uh, everything about them is vastly different from each other. Um, you notice... You do notice a little bit of... Little bit of something uh not not you roxy you notice he, he looks very different but dj with your um you know magical feelies uh there's something a little magical about him uh you're not quite sure though if it's you know that he he's got his little spell book and he's studying and and stuff or if it's um something else i don't sense any necromancy from him though right not at all okay so he does not get eaten today. <laughs> I will not kill any twelve-year-old. Yep, that is uh. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. No, they don't die in there. They just, just just get the flavor profile to figure out what if what they know. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I will just uh, get back on the horse. Once Roxy's on, Todd will immediately take the horse down toward the encampment. Okay. Perfect. Uh, you start heading that way. Roll me a... You know what? No, nah, it's not that It's not that far. It's not that far of a, of a walk. And are you trotting or, mm -hmm. or like going full speed with the horse? Not full speed, but quickly. So Todd you're not like okay, slow so to get away from it. the gallows. Okay, so okay, it's so going to be even quicker. <clears throat> okay. Um, roll me a d12 anyways. Do it. Somebody, wait. Okay. Uh, somebody who didn't do it last time. Uh, Sarsenet. 
by the way, everyone in the audience, these dice are the blood spattered dice that I'm sending oh, out to nice. a couple of the, the Twitter people today. Ah, the Twitter peeps. <laughs> the uh, Twitter I got a 12. Uh, 12? Okay. Okay. Alright. Oh, no. <laughs> you never know if that's a good thing. I, I could just be saying things to make you nervous. You never know. Uh, see, I wouldn't put that past you just, either. Right? We're in the middle of a mist where we just saw bodies hanging that where some of us, after dealing with things, I'm already scared. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So, <clears throat> as you trot along, you enter the woods. You're still following the path. But the trees on either side of you are dense and dark. Uh, the path you are following begins to shrink smaller and smaller, as though the forest itself plans to kind of choke you out on your travels. You, um, all of you, after a few moments, one after the other, uh, catch some movement within the forest next to you. You turn, and all you see is tree tree coverage, darkness. It's it's hot and humid, even though it shouldn't be hot and humid, because this place does not get proper sunlight. But it's that that mid-afternoon full cloud coverage trapped in an armpit kind of humidity. Yeah. That is the worst reference ever. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone Feel got it. it. Feel it. <laughs> everyone got it, and it is still the worst reference. <laughs> When you say the path shrinks, are we down to like single file? Oh yeah. Shrinks or okay. <gasps> like are the horses no having issue going forward or? No. No, okay. but it's starting to be a little bit claustrophobic. Uh it gets uh, a little darker. Oh yes, DJ. Claustrophobic. Uh DJ runs forward as fast as possible with like sprinting to get to the other end of whatever this is. Okay. Uh so Sarzeneth was not carrying you on this. No, DJ decided, since we weren't going fast, DJ was able to, so DJ just, <laughs> all four sprint, just on all fours. Yes. Todd will take off with the horse to follow DJ. Okay. The road ahead begins to widen again as uh, the rest of you watch DJ and Todd taking off. Uh, you can feel that, <sighs> like that that sigh of relief as the trees are no longer touching you as you're walking along and uh you actually catch a hint of a, like a jovial music um going on you can you can also smell like uh the the scent of fresh Roasted game. Uh, something, somebody, something, somebody's up ahead, and you can you can tell as this road gradually uh, disappears and, and is replaced by this twisted, muddy path. It's got these deep ruts from like the comings and goings of wagons. Uh, there's a, a clearing uh, next to a small but very beautiful lake, several hundred feet across. Uh, you can see colorful, round tents. 
uh, several barrel-topped wagons, unbridled horses, sipping water, a group of elegant and just really happy-looking people dancing around a campfire, uh, many of them wearing these long red robes. They're just kind of swaying as they spin. Before we're out of the trees, Roxy will put on the head of disguise. Okay, what do you look like? And up. Oh, go ahead. Um, I'll get back to you on that one. I'll have to decide. <laughs> Think about it. Okay. I'm not going to roll for it, but I'll have to decide. How far is this like encampment from the tree line? It is. I mean, it's like right there. I mean, you're you're in the tree line. You've approached it. There's a tent, maybe twenty feet from you, and maybe so, fifty to hundred feet is this group of people. A couple of them already caught sight of you. So if it was about twenty feet, DJ was going full speed. DJ will ram through the tent. Yeah, DJ. <laughs> DJ was in one of their main phobias, so the panic will keep until stopped, and um, I'm gonna hit this tent full force. Okay, you're just like, tell me what this looks like and sounds like. The tent is, is empty. Is it like on a tarp like tent? It is, it is like canvas, and it is, uh, this one is bright red as well, same color as the robes that you can, you, you might not have seen the people actually yet. Um, and on the inside of this tent, it is uh, somebody's home, but it is empty of any anybody. So you go ahead and tell me what this looks like as you do this. So with the full force on all fours, with the fact that I did have the antlers back on, they tear through the canvas because of how strong I technically am. Tearing through, almost creating a, a full hole that tears through. But because of how much fear I was exuberating, I will have an unleashed directly in front of me, whatever's in front of me, a lightning bolt from the black geode in my chest that will arc directly in front of me. So you just shot a lightning bolt out? Yes, I did. Uh, how far? Like at the people outside of the tent around the fire or like at the tent I, walls? Whatever's in front of me, um, I, it has a range of up to 300 feet. Okay, so 300 feet. So I guess, tell me, did it go uh, the full 300? I did it. If it didn't hit anything, then yes. Otherwise, it's hitting the first thing that's in front of it, be it the next wall. If I, if there's no wall oh, okay. in front of this me, the next inside person. the tent. Yes. Once I pierce through the tent, lightning would jump out because I was in a, I was claustrophobic and panicking, and I'm scared. Got it. Okay. So, I guess I'm gonna like roll to see whether this pierces through the wall or just sets the tent on fire. Being I'm actually hoping for it. I'm hoping fire because I don't want to accidentally. <laughs> you know, this few people who are happy here in Barovia, I don't think we want to ruin their days. <laughs> <laughs> the bolt um, doesn't hit the wall. It actually lands on. I did a. I did like a roll to see which direction it would go. <clears throat> it hits the grass. There's like like some grass and and like dried grass kind of around the ground near the edge of this tent, and mm-hmm. sets immediate fire to this tent. Yep, uh, tent and... is 
Going up in flames. Oh, no. Well, as long as DJ's aware that they're no longer in a claustrophobic situation and it's only fire, they're going to walk out of the tent through the fire. <laughs> so the people... Okay, cool, 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 cool. So several of the people, as this was happening, had stepped away from the campfire. Uh, those people had uh, walked over to the rest of you. Uh, they say, hello, welcome, welcome, come join us, come sit, uh, come come eat, you must be so tired. They're like, they're greeting you warmly, big smiles. And then all of a sudden they just hear this like crash, bang, and screams <laughs> from, you know, their, their other uh, people at the fire, around the fire as they go, um, fire, uh, fire. Uh, oh no, that's, uh, oh, oh no, that's, that's, uh, that's Gregor's tent. Oh, um, and there's a little bit of chaos. Uh, what are the rest of you doing? Realizing that Can DJ- Can you what I remember about possibly having been in this encampment before? Give me a history check. Um, this one with disadvantage. And Roxy looks like Henry Disadvantage Cavalva. will not be necessary. <laughs> it's a five. You, so you're familiar with the feeling of it? You're familiar okay. with the music? Uh, once, once you got here, you realized, like, like, oh, yeah, this is right. I don't know why. So it was like, those kind of vibes, but that's, that's all you've got. So just kind of assuming I've been here before because I've been around everywhere, but... It's like like when you have a dream about something and then you forget about it and then sometime later, maybe years later, you're like, oh, I had a weird dream about this one time, but I can't remember the life of me what it was about. That's what it feels like. Okay. okay. Uh, Roxy, what do you look like? Roxy looks like Henry Cavill's uh, Geralt. So handsome and yes. intimidating. <laughs> Fantastic. A little disheveled. <laughs> so, like, like a uh, Geralt after you know climbing out after of the killing... guts of a monster or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very good. Anybody else? Todd's gonna go off by themselves to like a quiet part of the encampment where there aren't any other people, and maybe check out some tents. But they're okay. gonna stay away from the festivities. Okay. Uh, the rest of you that are not in a tent, well, you were being ushered toward the fire, um, to greet Which fire? everyone here. There is a, so there is actually a campfire in the center of, so the, um, should have had a I, picture ready or something. Oh, well. You, I, I know there was a campfire. I was making a joke because there's multiple fires. Oh. <laughs> multiple fires <laughs> oh wow that bodes that no wait that bodes really well with the east marks you know i saw fire and yeah. red yeah. <laughs> wow yeah oh man when like dm plans come together even better than you had written them <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome yes <laughs> okay oh, and i'm sorry try to put out the fire help put out the fire and check on dj 
the uh, the other people they have they've also come over. You see, you see, they've run and grabbed buckets. Uh, they're filling up water from the lake, running over, tossing it on. Uh, made this line of just like bucket passing, tossing it on. You you all eventually calm the fire. It wasn't like you know raging, destroy the whole tent. It was just just enough to cause a panic. Um, how long has it been since um, I tried since I consumed the mist? Did you cons- oh, since you consumed the bottle of mist? That was- you guys yeah. took about 30 minutes of walking from- from about minutes? that point, okay. so, yeah. Uh, DJ's just gonna be sitting near the fire, but not at the fire, just kind of sitting on the floor. <laughs> I thought I'm the one that's supposed to be making you guys nervous. <laughs> 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 I don't know what you're talking about. Just had to make sure I knew how much time has passed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, once things have calmed down, the fire is put out. However, this person's tent is utterly destroyed on one side. Uh, they don't seem to be bothered by it, though. You see um, this, this man with golden hair who's walking around... He starts strumming on a lute. He was strumming on it previously. He starts strumming on it again. He goes, it's no problem. We can sew it back together. It's fine. It happens. It happens. Uh, welcome, guests. Come sit. Come sit. Thank you very much. <laughs> Sarzeth is going to uh, lean over to Todd and go, they can, since when can they, that doesn't seem sewable. Uh, also, these people are too happy. I don't. I don't understand it. <laughs> Todd's just gonna nod quietly and then kind of go off. Okay. You uh, you move away from the fire. Um, the rest of you kind of go and and they they usher you towards there. They kind of set you down uh, in in nice cozy seats and hand you each a little glass of wine. Um, looks smells. Smells really nice. Uh, and they hand you a little bowl of food. Uh, fresh, fresh, steamy, uh, delicious, tantalizing, all the above. Uh, you see around this fire, you see um, you see the, the man with the golden hair comes back over, sits down, strumming a lute. There's this little boy sitting next to him with his own little, like, looks like handmade lute. Uh, you know, but like, I mean, they're all handmade, but this is made by a child, clearly. He's trying his best and he's poking on his loot as well, maybe 10 years old. Um, there's a little there's a little girl ignoring everybody around her. She is writing enthusiastically in a bright red leather book and Eastmark immediately goes and sits by her and is like, you know, tries to strike up a conversation and she scoops away from him. Um, <clears throat> there's a little there's a little kid dancing wildly to the music, singing at the top of his lungs. Uh, there's a few men and women with like these these armful of tattoos, bright colors, and um, a woman of middle age with raven black hair and uh, her face full of bright and colorful makeup. Her lashes like really long and thick. Uh, she's got like a rabbit kind of sitting next to her on one side, and uh, just a just you know some like a, one of the kids kind of sitting there next to her on the other side, and she's about to tell a story and asks if you would like to listen in. 
Where are you, Todd? Uh, Todd is behind some tents arguing with Eddie. Anything in particular, or just behind some tents? Todd, Todd's stressing out about what they saw at the gallows, and is confused and and upset, and is just why why were you up there? Hey, you're here, you're here, you were up there. No, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. It wasn't cool. Of course, I killed it. Well, yeah, I would have killed it if it was you anyway, but it wasn't you, so I didn't kill you. I I didn't kill you the last time. That wasn't me. It wasn't my fault. Can we all hear this? <laughs> How far away are you, Todd? No, uh, no one Todd. As far away probably from not people quiet. as they can get right now. You unfortunately cannot hear this argument. Um... The, the woman at the fire, she leans forward and she says, Did you know that a mighty woman came to this land over a year ago? I remember her like it was yesterday. She stood exactly where you're standing, and she motions to the three of you. Three? Yeah, there's three of you. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, very charismatic woman she was. Um... She thought she could rally the people of Barovia against the Devilstrad. She stirred them with thoughts of revolt and bore them to the castle in mass. Uh, when the vampire appeared, the, wiz the wizard's peasant army fled in terror. A few stood their ground and were never seen again. The wizard and the vampire cast spells at each other. Their battle flew from the courtyards of Ravenloft to the precipice overlooking the falls. I saw the battle with my own eyes. <laughs> She like flutters her huge eyelashes. Shunder, thunder, <laughs> thunder shook the mountainside and great rocks tumbled down upon the wizard. Yet by her magic, she survived. Lightning from the heavens struck the wizard and again she stood her ground. But when the devil's strahd fell upon her, the wizard's magic couldn't save her. I saw her thrown a thousand feet to her death. I climbed down the river to search for the wizard's body, but the river Illus had already spirited her away. And yet here we have more visitors. Welcome. Are you here to see us or are you here to visit Baba? Who in the heck is Baba? Baba Eve, she did tell us um, that you would be visiting. I don't like that. And the whole time that she was telling her story, DJ had been meticulously removing their own body parts, like removing their own fingers, and then removing their hand, and like taking off their leg, like and revealing like the black threads underneath, ignoring everything going on, just dismantling their form and removing the pieces and laying them out. In front of everybody? Everyone In front this? of everybody. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> the kids have all like stopped and are just <laughs> watching. And getting closer. Kind of like child parade moving in <laughs> in fascination. Some of the adults are kind of looking over and shrugging. It's intriguing that they don't think it's odd, but sure. Yeah. And DJ has no care, is doing this for a different, no, for a specific reason. Ignoring everybody is just removing the pieces and laying them out and then, ha. Ah, mm. 
and just checking up random bits of body parts, a few legs, some hands, some fingers, some spare bones, some dried flesh, a couple skulls, some teeth, just getting them all out and laid out. The kid with the loot kind of puts it by his side and walks over and tries to grab one of the body parts that you've laid out. Ooh. 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 So, um, that kid's gonna, um, I'm so sorry. It is a young child. So young, so innocent. Does a 23 hit? It is a commoner child. <laughs> I think a 23 hits. I might have brought this on myself. Um, yeah, that you is. definitely did. Um, so as DJ's doing that and the kid tries to reach for it, literally, I just see some a splint of black metal shines behind DJ, <laughs> jumps off its back, and drop kicks the kid as it takes four force damage from baby boombox. So it doesn't really do any real damage. This kid has 40 hit points, guys. So it's all okay. <laughs> Great. Um, so no, it, gonna... it literally will also cure, like upon hitting, it will cure it too. We just had to push the kid away. So this kid gets thrown back, but smacks the ground. Dust goes flying up and he goes, what? I just picture the same experience as when you go flying off of a swing set when you go too high. That's what I was picturing with it flying. Just do do. Yes. <laughs> um, Sarzaneth is going to see this, shake her head, walk and step over the kid, and then go see the people with the tattoos. <laughs> All right. They're, um, for a second, they're like, oh, you know, watching this interaction happen. And then they see that their child is totally fine and even enjoying himself. And they're like, it look over and go back to eating some dinner. And then as that happens, Baby Boombox will go around throwing the kids in the air because Baby Boombox is strong as hell. (laughs) (laughs) So this went from... Okay, cool. So yeah, that's better. (laughs) It became a carnival experience for him. (laughs) Oh, wait. We're not not supposed to dropkick them, but I can throw them? Perfect. Got it. Yeah, he's tossing them in the air. Catch them as this little thing's like, I got this. Juggling kids a little bit. All while uh, DJ is putting themselves, pulling themselves apart. Fantastic. Uh, You approach these uh, tattooed people, uh, Sarzaneth, and uh, one of them just kind of looks over at you. Welcome. You. You, uh, do you need anything in particular at this moment before the Baba is ready to see you? 
I was just curious as to who did your tattoos. Oh, we did it. Would you like one? Sure. <laughs> you watch as Sarzanes sits down and this group of people enthusiastically bring out like their, you know, their tapping uh, tattoo supplies and uh, start to work. How are you with pain, Sarzanes? Great. She's great with pain. Cool. So you're having a blast. <laughs> Tell me what <laughs> tattoo they uh, they work on over the next, uh, I don't know, hour or so. so you guys are um, enjoying this. She specifically wants like a, a depiction of um, a family of black dragons going down her arm. Wonderful. Wonderful. As they are, um, they're tapping this, they, they begin to tell you a little bit about a, a dragon that once roamed these lands and now sits dead in the castle Ravenloft. Uh, who, who killed the dragon? Hmm, not quite sure. Heard a lot of variations of the story. It might have been Strahd, it might have been somebody else. What kind of dragon? Eh, good question. A big one. Skull is massive. Of course, this could all be lies. Not sure. They're not hmm. giving you very much information. Got it. Todd, you see a very large tent near the water open up. And a figure just kind of looks out of the tent toward everyone. Uh, you can't catch their face. Uh, just black cloth and peering. Seems to look right over at you, but you still see no face. And uh, they pin the front of the tent open and step back in. Todd will go in and unpin the tent behind them so that it shuts. Okay. Uh, the rest of you, not, not stars enough, but Roxy, what are you, DJ, you're still disassembling yourself? Um, depending on how much time I would be. It's been about an hour. Oh, if it's been an hour, so Pat, it only takes about 30 minutes to do this process as I would have been reassembling the pieces with different parts as it's changing my armor to a different archetype. So I will be using entirely different body parts. I will not have the antlers anymore or the horns. And the greenish goblin skin will now have more of a purple hue to it instead. Very nice. And the parts <clears throat> are a little more cohesive. They're less shambly, more common parts. Okay. Good to know. All right. Um, you're still, wait, you said you're still, are you still small? You're still small, right? Still small. I have not changed size, and now that all my okay. parts are put together, DJ's just chilling with the kids. And there's still—is there spare musical instruments? Oh, for sure. So, are you like uh, going into jam mode? DJ's going to full jam mode. <laughs> Specifically, uh, DJ, DJ, and Baby Boombox and the Unseen Servant are putting on a performance. Everyone is like like jamming with you moving to the beat clapping uh 
absolutely enjoying this. Sarzaneth, you're seeing all of this. Roxy, you saw the figure open the tent, open the curtain. Okay. Uh, you saw Todd step in there and shut the curtain. And this was this was a little while ago. Um, everyone's kind of dancing, relaxing. Sarzaneth, your tattoo is finished up. I was gonna. Uh, Roxy wants to talk to the storyteller real quick, okay. like after the story was done. Um, so you said this this Baba person knew we were coming. Yes. Yeah, they told us about this um, days ago. Is it safe to assume that it was a dream or a vision of some sort? Yes. And as I say that, I kind of look over at uh, Eastmark. They look at Eastmark also. Um, yes. They usually work in dreams and the like. Where did... Where did this Baba come from? They've been here for longer than any of us. Is that their tent? I'll point over to the one I saw Todd go into. Yes, that is... Uh, as you can tell, the... The, the very... The, the large, the nice one, our... Matriarch slash patriarch slash whatever... They are feeling in the moment. Uh gets the best. They've taken care of us uh, since the beginning. Okay, thank you for that. Um, saw the tent was open just a moment ago, so I think it's time for us to go in, and I'll go rally Sarzaneth and DJ and let them know I saw Todd already enter. Okay. Uh, Todd, you entered the tent a few minutes before that. There's these magic flames casting this, like, reddish glow over the interior of this tent, revealing a low table covered in black velvet cloth. Uh, these glints of light are flashing from this crystal ball on the table as the, the figure uh, peers into its depths, but is hunched over behind it. Um, and they say, Welcome. Welcome, Todd. It is so good to, uh, to see you again. So good, and I see you brought your old friend. Hello, Eddie. It's been a while. It's been quite a while. I'm glad to see you. Todd's gonna sit down in front of her and just very seriously say, What is my fate? Well... You have many fates. It is what you choose to uh, to go after. You know that you have no chance of escaping these cursed lands if you keep running from your mistakes. Eddie does not hold it against you. I hope you're aware of that. He shouldn't. It was his own fault. <clears throat> and Todd kind of elbows nothing next to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just know that if you uh, you keep trying to run from it, it's going to keep repeating itself over and over and over again. And at this point, the curtain opens as Roxy and Sarzaneth and DJ 
you step in, you see the same scene. You see this figure hunched over talking to Todd and turning to the empty space next to Todd and talking to that empty space as well. And the figure turns to you. You can see no face, just shadow inside this cloak. And they say, welcome, welcome, Irina Eastmark. Roxy, Dr. Jericho, and Sarzaneth. And they gesture towards uh, exactly seven seats around this space, one of which is occupied by Todd. What are these seats made of? <laughs> uh, what would they be made of? They're made of wood. They are wooden seats. Yes, you can eat some. Uh, he's just, yeah, <laughs> just going to nibble on part of the chair. Break a piece off. And... <laughs> is is one of the seats taken up by them? One of the seats is taken up by Todd? By... Oh, oh the by Baba? Yeah. Uh, no, they are sitting behind their little table on their own little velvet cushion. Okay. There's seven other seats, and Todd's in seven one of those. Yep. Right, so there's going to be another person? All of you are here, my dear. Do we see any kind of features? And pretty much what I'm looking for is someone that may be shaped like me. You can't see. The only body part you can actually see on this person is a large thick hand outstretched pointing to the like and what I mean they it's like like muscly like like it's like a ripped hand <laughs> that's a thing it's kind of pointing to the seating I will sit down and take off my hat of disguise <laughs> Yes, DJ, you have something to share with the class. <laughs> <laughs> what color is his hand? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, though, no, for the love of everything. You remind me of Rocket from Guardians of the Galaxy. I was like, I need that leg. <laughs> need that leg. What do you need it for? Oh, I just want I just need it. Of course I need it. It's essential. Uh, the hand you're getting, I guess, purplish, bluish, um, brownish. Yeah, that's, okay. that's a color. <laughs> okay. All of them. And, uh, DJ's gonna keep kind of slightly nibbling on this chair for a little while. Just to wait to see if everyone else sits down. Has everyone sat? Yeah. Is it rows or is it just like an arc? Uh, it's just, yeah, it's like a bringing you all in a circle around this little circular table with the crystal ball. Okay. We'll sit directly in front of them. Okay. Todd's gonna slouch in their chair like an angsty teen. <laughs> Todd is an angsty uh, teen. <laughs> <laughs> right? Once everyone sits down, baby boombox will 
sit in the remaining seat. Cause I'm assuming there's a there's a empty seat at this point. There, yeah, there is. Uh, all of you sit in a seat, and there is one seat right next to Todd that is empty. Yeah, Baby Boombox is gonna climb up there, and uh, DJ's gonna climb onto the table. Separate from the, so you leave one of the seats. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, Baby Boombox is gonna sit in the non-nibbled chair. Got it. So, so there is still an empty chair, partially nibbled on. Baby yes. Boombox jumps into the chair right next to Todd. Yes. And uh, and you jump up on the table. Got it. Yes. Good to know. Okay. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> and Roxy is as close to the speaker as possible. They look at you. Uh, first to DJ. You say, Oh, you're hiding in there, aren't you, Doctor? <laughs> Deep within those threads. Your friend is delightful, however. Little friend here. What are what are your goals here in Barovia, little one? TJ just gets real close to the the, the crystal ball and tries to like lick it. <laughs> Making eye contact with the hood with Baba like <laughs> They don't seem to be bothered by this. And they turn and they look at Sarzaneth. Say, you, you came through the mist to add another plane between you and your family, yes? Beware if your group does not meet your objectives. Strahd would love to send you back to hell. And they turn to Roxy. And say you hide behind your disguises out of habit and the magic and odyssey oddities of this land have delighted and intrigued you but do not be fooled by the creatures of your ancestry here they are not fey like yourselves and they have ill intent towards you and your friends and then she pulls out a deck of cards and begins to toss them and go, would any of you like a reading? Would you like your fortunes told? I will quickly pull out mine and ask politely, can we use these instead? Set them down in front of her. All right. Um, I'm going to roll something just because I feel like I need to. Todd's uh, just going to cross their arms and grumble. I was told I had to choose my fortune. <laughs> Uh, the figure, uh, he nods, and he puts the cards back. And takes your cards instead, Roxy. Begins to shuffle them. Says, you want to save yourselves from the devil, is that what I'm catching here? Is that what is happening? DJ looks at Roxy. Certainly have put a a mark on ourselves. Well, uh, the figure looks over at Eastmark and Irina, and you can see their cloaked head kind of make this nodding motion. And they begin to pull cards, <clears throat> handing the first one to DJ, because DJ is right there. Yeah, sitting in front of them. Uh, they say, this card will tell you of history, 
knowledge of the ancient will help you better understand your enemy. Ah. And um, you see the the traitor card. Uh, hold on a second. A uh, traitor? Traitor. Ah, Tra yes. The traitor. I, no. <laughs> I was hoping the, it was the traitor. With this, the traitor card. Ah, you should know to look for a, a wealthy man, a strange ally of the devil, Lady Strong. He keeps the treasure under lock and key with the bones of an ancient enemy. This is going to be a tome that you are looking for, DJ. And then you see them hand the card uh, to you, DJ. And they shuffle and pull another card. Say, this card tells of a powerful force for good and protection, a holy symbol of hope. And they hand it over to you, Sarzaneth. Uh, this is the charlatan. With this, the charlatan, I can see a lonely mill on a precipice. The treasure lies within. And then they look over to Roxy, handing the charlatan card to Sarzaneth. But they look at you, Roxy, and they tilt their head. And then they pull another card. This card, you see, this is the power and strength card. It tells of a weapon of vengeance, a sword of sunlight. And you see them pull uh, the missionary. And they say, ah, with the missionary, I see a garden dusted in snow, watched over by a scarecrow with a sackcloth grin. Look not to the garden, but to the guardian. And they hand the card over to you, Todd. Todd refuses to take it. They hand it over to Baby Boombox. Does Bo Baby Boombox take it, DJ? <laughs> like with both hands grabbing his cards, it's pretty much as big as them. <laughs> um, but the next one, uh, they they pull a card. They say, "This one will shed light on who will help you greatly in this battle against darkness." An enemy of the Countess. Ah, and and they pull the artifact, and uh, they say yes. With the artifact, you should look for an entertaining woman with a monkey. Uh, this woman is more than she seems, and you might get it wrong at first. And uh, they hand the card over. Sarzaneth, were you given a card yet? Yeah, you were. I was given the charlatan. Given the charlatan. You All didn't right. give one to Roxy. Like... Roxy, Roxy, this card goes to you. And they pull one final card. And they say, Your enemy is a creature of darkness, is she not? Whose powers are beyond mortality. This card will tell you exactly where to find her. At the opportune moment. And uh, they pull the, the broken one. And... Uh, 
They say, oh, oh, yes, of course, the broken one, yes. She haunts the tomb of the person she envied above all. They were her own family. And uh, she puts that card in, in the empty seat uh, that has been chewed on. And then just turns to look at all of you. Is there anything else I can help you with, my dears? I would... I would like help walking through one of my own readings. Yes? So I gather all the cards back. Kind of start shuffling. Indeed, and I pull yeah. three. Slowly. Tries to eat the crystal ball. <laughs> Are you trying to do it sneaky, or I guess there's really no way you could? You're just going to start nope. eating it? I am. We are staring at Baba as we are like hot and breaking the jaw and trying to push the crystal ball into my mouth. A large hand very quickly reaches out and grabs your shoulder, and you hear from deep within the cloak. I don't think you want another cursed item within you. And then they let go. Teacher proceeds to keep licking it, but not eating it. <laughs> <laughs> and with like a, a huff of the shoulders, like a deep breath in, but no breath heard. And back down. And yes, how may I help you with your reading? So I pull the cards, but before I flip them over, I channel the spirits that I usually have connection to. And I flip over the first card, and it's the Four of Glyphs. And I just say, the protection. Someone who, who protects others. Flip over the next one, and it's the Three of Swords, which is trying to crack my brain uh, war, sacrifice and then I flip over the broken one again that had been flipped before and then I just look at the empty chair ah yes and then uh, with the tales from beyond a traveler came through here. Someone who protected, someone who had seen war. But in the end, their travels came to failure and death. And Todd will get six temporary hit points, ten uh, bonus to their speed, and a plus one bonus to their AC. For how long? Is this like... I believe it's just uh, until a long rest or short rest okay um, I think until long okay do we want to because you guys are about to take a long rest um, as it is evening I mean I assume you are unless you're going to be going out onto the road in the dark um, do we want to it sounds to... like the kind of thing we would do it does okay uh, I was going to say I will either allow it to um I, I would allow it to like hold through to the next day if 
if you would be going. Todd's not staying in the camp. So, oh, With or okay. without everyone, Todd is leaving. Absolutely. Good to know. Um, so, Roxy, with this reading, did you use any amount of... I mean, you're using a magical feature in order to do this, correct? I mean, I used a bardic inspiration. Cool! Roll a d100 so did, for your wild magic I did exert... Urge. Ah, yes. The wild <laughs> magic of a bardic inspiration. Oh, looks like DJ is going to be getting a wild magic surge at some time, too. Oh, what? Oh, no. What? Huh? <laughs> a nine. A nine. All nine. right. Um, oh, good to know. <laughs> we'll find out what happens in a moment. Just let me know when you stand up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And Roxy just looks to the figure for, like, any kind of guidance or advice or anything. You're looking for advice on Eddie. Is that what? With your little story? Just just wanting to know if, if what I'm reaching towards is real. No. If what speaks to me is real. Todd is completely still, by the way. Like, they don't even seem to be breathing. Uh, the figure motions towards the empty chair and says, Eddie is as real as you. All of you. And... I, just uh, sit back I need to roll again. Myself. <laughs> okay, We're still good. We're still good. <laughs> Todd, do not worry so much. You both went through it after all, and look how well you're doing. All the rest of us are like, Todd doesn't oh. respond. <laughs> are, are we sure? <laughs> I'd like to use my magical tinkering feature on this crystal ball that I've been licking. Just... <laughs> I can only imbue it on a non-magical item, so I just want to, as I'm licking this, I want to make the sound of, like, something trying to hit the glass as if it was something inside. But it would only work if the item is non-magical. So it doesn't work. Okay. Does that set off their wild magic? <gasps> yes! <laughs> Give me a D100 roll. Oh my gosh, two wild magic surges in like the same five minute span. Yes! Thank you, audience. <laughs> I'm still at a disadvantage at some point. Oh yeah. 64. So 64. Oh no, I rolled a 66. That's what made me the rat. Um, Being a rat? That's the business wasn't for too me. Bad. wasn't too bad. Uh, Just gotta kill the rat, then he can come back. Oh no. Okay. So this is also going to activate uh, at some point very soon. <laughs> uh, DJ will refuse to stand up ever again. <laughs> <laughs> they can do that. Just attach some hands to their butt. Uh, baby Boombox will carry this table out of this room. What do you all do now? Um, 
Sarsenath is gonna start walking out of the the tent. You don't need to do okay. that yet. Todd will follow. Sarsenath stands up, turns around, walks out of the tent. Todd stands up, follows. There's a little slight movement of the empty chair. It's just boombox accidentally knocked into it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, while sitting there, kind of, like, licking this crystal ball, uh, everyone started walking out, or everyone's just kind of standing right now? Uh, oh, you guys, I think you walked out, right? I yeah. was waiting to be the yeah. last one out, so I'm still sitting. Ha. You know things. And poof. DJ, you have turned into a frog. <laughs> the first person to speak after your surge is turned into a frog for the next uh, three minutes. You can still speak. You're you, not uh... substantial. You hear a pop. You hear us. a pop as you're leaving. As I hear the pop, I'm gonna like <laughs> walk very quickly back to the tent and peek in and go, not again. Again. <laughs> if I turn into a frog, Second like all time my, day. What, does all my magical stuff like kind of di disappear for a little bit? Everything that's on you is part of you being a frog. Like you just are a frog, Can and you every, attach like, different <laughs> animal body parts to the frog, and then go back to being something else, and then. So, uh, no, DJ's in a moment. <clears throat> Kabbalah. Yes. No thanks. Unfazed by being a frog, because, you know, <laughs> they've just been worse. This is the second time today this has happened to one of us, so. <laughs> I do know mm -hmm. things, and you... You are even more interesting than I realize. <laughs> can this be? Can, can, I, can I go back to Boomer? No. You will be yourself again shortly. Not, if not you'd lost. like. I can make this permanent if you would prefer. I'm not talking about the old. <laughs> and I have my body back. Separate from the frog situation. Thus, I my have my whole body back. This is possible. This is something I... It is a possibility that I see within your future. Roxy's eating this moment up right now. Just like... No, 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 no. <laughs> Both sides of this. Do you know how I can look through it? It will require... 
and DJ will 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 like leap closer to the edge of the table. Ring. I will also point out that we do have a question from chat. Um, oh, Elf Modem says I have a question. Can DJ keep the frog tongue for ranged weaponry purposes? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You if said we capture if I, a frog. No, you said if I change everything on me, will change back, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm in a moment. Uh, but. Uh, um. <laughs> They uh they say it will require very powerful magic, but if you wish to unlock this ability, you need but only visit the Amber Temple. Uh, okay. And has DJ ever experienced this wild magic change ever, in any capacity before? I feel like that's a question you... I want to say yes, if it's okay. Yes. Okay, then yes. So, um, upon that, uh, Baby Bumonks is going to hop on the table, put one foot on the back of Frog Boy, mm-hmm. and then DJ's going to stick out their tongue, and Baby Boombox is going to grip and pull until it rips off. I didn't see this coming at all. <laughs> Pop. Just like this blood splatters across the tent. A little bit of frog blood on your face, Roxy. <laughs> and you transform back into you, DJ. Now, what's important is there is still a frog tongue in Baby Boombox's hand. There is still a frog tongue in Baby Boombox's hand. And I'm assuming I technically still don't actually have a tongue, or did my tongue somehow grow back? You tell me. So, and Baby Boombox is going to climb and, like, start and jam the tongue into the mouth. And you'll see black threads spindle out and start to sew as I will now have a tongue. Fantastic. <laughs> I think we broke her. <laughs> I, I will find the right thing. I get my body back and then out of instinct will jump off the table. But like stumble, forgetting that they're not a frog and not have the full momentum of jump, and like smack a table and, oh, hmm. and try to walk out. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, the figure just nods, looks over at Roxy, and waves you. We are done. You may go. Do you like me? A bit. Not by choice. Anything of the creature in the woods that did this. Nothing that you're hoping to hear. Thank you very much, Frederick. And the player 
<laughs> Stands up. <laughs> Excellent. As you stand up and you take a step forward out of the tent, every one of you outside the tent, you see the sky swirl into this dark vortex above the tent and a bolt of pitch black lightning shoots out of the sky and hits exactly where your foot lands, Roxy. Just this <sighs> crackling energy as it comes through the tent and this, this explosion of light. Um, Baba behind the table looks up, looks down. No fire has started. That's oh, that was lightning. <laughs> and I will continue to move out of the tent. <laughs> With every single step, this bolt of lightning shoots down everywhere you step one of your feet. The moment I step out of the tent, I sit down. I just sit <laughs> right in front of the tent. I just sit. A double bolt of lightning shoots out of the sky exactly where you have sat and just... And the grass outside of the tent does set on fire. And as you plop down onto the ground, suddenly flames lick up around you. Oh. The rest of you see this. Gonna set the whole Roxy, village Roxy, on. Roxy, come here, Roxy. Come here. Come here. Okay. <laughs> just get up and I get and up and try to just move out of the fire. As Roxy steps, <laughs> DJ is going to try to jump with one of these metal, many metals, probably one of my daggers, to try and conduct the lightning as it strikes. <laughs> So, like, as it's striking down, it instead want... veers away. Um, give me Not a even persuasion away. I want to put the dagger. <laughs> persuasion? Yes, yeah. I shall try to persuade lightning to come to me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's a five. Yep. Roxy's feet getting zapped <laughs> over and over again. Uh, it begins so... to die down with each step. Uh, DJ is going to dive under Roxy's foot. What? Okay. You realize you're gonna get hit with lightning, right? Yeah, but like, DJ has no idea what that feels like and has used lightning, and this is going to be an experience of a lifetime. Okay. So. They also just ripped their own tongue out, so really, this is just. Okay. <laughs> uh, cool. That's Let one pick um... of a burnt tongue. Uh, that is going to be, uh, okay, okay, hold on. You are going to take, are you kidding me? On a d12, I rolled a one. You're going to take one lightning damage <laughs> as this bolt of lightning, uh, is weakening with each step and it shocks you and you feel this electricity through your whole body, not unlike what you feel when you lick the mist. Um, or... Excellent. Immediately, I'm I'm gonna try to put it into one of my many containers, just jab it in there and seal that. Perfect. You uh, I... you like take this feeling and you you're so good at like grasping things that shouldn't be grasped and put into bottles, and doing it anyways. <laughs> and 
as you cork this electricity in there, you can see in the bottle this this like zapping, but the lightning is it's it's black. It's just pure black energy just zap 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 zap, zap around it. <laughs> oh, and swallows. <laughs> Forever static electricity. And I just have to know before we uh, finish out this session for this week, are you going to take one of the tents offered to you for the rest of the evening and night, or are you going to be heading out of the tent and onto the road as darkness falls? Todd's almost to the horses. Todd just beelined for the horses and is getting ready to leave. Can I try and persuade Todd to stay here? Because these people yes. seem to be nice because they're still letting us stay after we've set about half of their camp on fire. So, <laughs> yeah, they're like, staying. they're over there. They're like, they've put it out. They're like, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's Everything great. is fine. <laughs> Cue the meme with the dog sitting in the room surrounded by fire. Todd, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Todd. Uh, right. And then, uh, 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 and a piece of red fabric. It removes the cloak. The cloak. Todd's not stopping. Todd is Todd is stressed and is very upset from some of the revelations between Baba and Roxy, and is leaving. Just getting out. Home. Eats the cloak. I guess we're going you. now. You're going to follow? Uh, you yeah. notice as you jump onto the horse, Todd, it will not move. Uh, it is then as if Todd hits some... off and starts walking down the path. You feel... With with their wolf. Gets the wolf, no. the wolf off the horse. Um. And starts walking down the path, carrying the wolf. You you feel a, a presence in front of you, uh, it trying to block you. Stop me. It is trying to physically stop you, and it is it's Eddie. Todd's just gonna try to go around, around or through. Okay. Todd steps around, steps into the trees, and that is where we have to end our session for this week and come back next week and see how to what we're gonna do <laughs> so with that uh let's go around and do our outros let's go ahead and um tell us who you are as a player what you do where to find you all that stuff uh starting with Fenway! Hi! Uh, like I said before, my name is Fenway Jones, also known as Fenway the Team DM, and that's on Twitter. I'm at, at Jasper's Game Day on the rest of the social medias. Um, and I do all of the Jasper's Game Day things. If you're not familiar with what that is, we are a nonprofit organization that raises money for suicide prevention and awareness through gaming. So it's a lot of fun. Um, and then I also am going to be finishing up the last two weeks 
of my show on Gilding Light on Wednesdays. Um, wait, next two weeks? Wait, 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 wait. What? <laughs> no! <laughs> right? <laughs> wait, what? Okay, I'm sorry, this is news. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> um, apparently that is maybe something that we are looking <laughs> into changing and expanding. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> that's Fenway, everyone. Okay. <laughs> casual, oh. you're up next. <laughs> what can I say? It's Jay Casual Campbell. You can find me on all social media at Casual and Campbell. You can find me in a corner sad about my show ending too soon. Sooner than I expected. Um, I'm DJ Boombox, and DJ Boombox is a creative individual, and I'm so glad to be able to be able to play this person so far. Um, let me just make a point that DJ Boombox does indeed take damage for every piece of body part added or removed. It is being calculated and it is painful experience and I don't ever have spell slots afterwards. Uh, you can find me doing all kinds of creative things like I'll be on the show tomorrow with the amazing camera that way. But anyway, as I, we are going down the last few episodes, you can find me on doing a lot of variety streaming, tabletop RPGs, and releasing my 5e deep breath compatible playtest content where it's anime and shonen experience, where I have just finished working on some more notes where we have a playable class that reminds you a bit of someone that says, let's duel. It's also inspired by Beyblade and other things. So that class is amazing because everybody wants to be a Beyblade master. And that's things that I do and stuff that I make <coughs> and eat. <laughs> Everything. Thank you. All right, Jesse J. I'm Jesse Davidson. You can find me on Twitter at the boss Jesse J. I'm just working on writing some pieces for the DMs Guild and creating uh, game content and hanging out, staying cool and under a hundred degrees in the South Midwest. Uh, huh. <laughs> Ty, you're up. I am Ty Stone. I am at Roxy Tiefling on Twitter, and I just work with Beth the Bard on D&D stuff. We do stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I am Beth the Bard, uh, your DM, and I'm working on this. She is the Ancient, the show and the book for DMs Guild. Uh, I am also in... Fenway's show, Angel in the City of Glass, as the goblin-ish Winifred. Uh, oh, we have there's like multiple goblin-ishes. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun, it's a fun type of character to play. Um, yeah, and if you want to kind of you know watch the videos on demand, if you you missed you know episodes and stuff like that, you can find them at sheistheancient.com. I'll be kind of popping in Gilding Light's YouTube channel there, each video that gets uploaded. 